This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Hello, it's Lols here coming to you live from Torquay. As you probably know, Boss and I decided to isolate down here at the very beginning of isolation. And surprise, surprise, we have fallen totally in love with Torquay and are loving calling this place home for the time being. Today's guest, Jess Hatzis Walker, is so wonderful. She's an entrepreneur. She's probably most known for being one of the creators of Frank Bod, you know, that body scrub, that coffee body scrub that you've probably got in your shower or had in your shower at one stage or another. It's incredible. But on top of that, it's so much more than a body scrub now. There's skincare, there's makeup. She gave me samples for an epic little cheek highlighter. So much stuff. We did this interview yonks ago, well before Corona, and we did this in her office. And we we talk about how it feels kind of like the Goop Lab. Now, Jess shares so much about herself. She used to be a DJ. She opens up about her work ethic. She also shares how she grapples with anxiety and insomnia, and how she has this very open relationship with her team. And kind of like we'll say, guys, I haven't slept. So she's got this wonderful vulnerability about her, but in a very like strong and grounded, kind and gentle manner. Like I said, she's not your usual entrepreneur. She is wise beyond her years. And side note, she has a huge love for Neil Young, which we both kind of bond over. I really hope you enjoy Jess Hatzis Walker. Hello. Hello, lovely Lola. (laughs) We have... Jess Hatzis Walker. Got it in one. Did I? Yeah. You were just saying to me before we press record, you were like, I feel bad for Dan. Yeah, because I always still introduce myself as Jess Hatzis and I keep forgetting the other part of my surname now. The walker bit sounds sick. It's nice. It's just really hard to unlearn your name that you've had for 30 plus years. Yeah, okay, no, that's fair. All of a sudden have a new one. That's fair. (laughs) You're going to laugh. One of the questions I really want to ask you about is you've got the most beautiful engagement ring I've ever (gasps) seen. Thank you. Is it a black diamond? It is a black diamond. He did good. I did drop hints to a couple of my girlfriends <laughs> over the years. I was like, if you ever, you know, black diamond, because I'm not a bling girl, like I don't have any other no, jewelry it's on. it's so beautiful. Thanks, it's very striking yeah, too. Yeah, I love it. It's me and I feel like I will love it forever. I just couldn't ever imagine myself wearing yeah. like a shiny, yeah. normal-looking diamond. I look no. at them on other people and they're amazing though. Dude, you've lucked out. Yeah, Thanks. it's so interesting how it suits different people. Okay, I'm totally digressing. <laughs> Also welcome to this podcast because I am a digressor. Um, We have known each other. Oh, long time. Over 10 years, do you reckon? I'd say at least 10 years, yeah. I'm excited to say this, the DJ days. I think I was thinking about this before when I was driving in. I'm like, did we meet through Grant originally? Probably. I think so. That's Grant Smiley for anyone who's listening who we both would have known from our days as DJs, mm. pre-life makeover. Big time. Okay, so well, let's get, let's quickly, you're most known for Willow and Blake. So that's branding, creative. Yeah. Do you want to say that better, more eloquently yeah, than I am? That's a good way to say it. But yeah, we're a branding agency. So we yep. build brands and then we develop their campaigns. With the Willow and Blake, like. Yeah, with the Willow spin. Suaveness. <laughs> it's got this like. This is the wrong word, but like cheeky is yeah. There's like, it's got a very personal tone. I think our philosophy has always been that if we're not excited by it, other people aren't going to be excited by it. Got it. And that there is nothing more scary than an old idea. So it's always trying to find something new. I love that. I love that. Okay. Okay. So that's one thing. Frank Body, we have to say, Mm -hmm. is like. Uh, in all my research of you, like that, you'd never get bored ever of that startup story yeah. of how it kind of like developed. So I'm pumped to touch on that as well. But then also, 
Have you just opened something with Husbo? I did. Um, my husband's a personal trainer. Yeah. That's how we actually met. Yeah. And we've opened a studio called Frame yeah. in Cremorne. Um, I've got to check this out. Yeah, you should come down for a session. Oh. It's very Because I saw it's like high intensity but resistance. Yeah, kind of. combination of both. It was really developed. Like it's still an awesome workout, yeah. but it was developed for people like me who sit at a desk all day yeah. and we keep getting all these very similar Injury patterns. Yeah, totally. Um, and so really focused on trying to build strength in particular areas of the body to combat the fact that we sit at a desk for eight to ten hours a day while still yeah. doing things like losing weight and yeah, totally. improving aerobic capacity. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. And he's taught me so much. He's really good at what he does. Oh, yeah, you guys are very, very cute. I did the old Insta store. I saw you liking some photos of <laughs> us. way back. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, that was deep in stock mode. Yeah. I was. It's so much fun. We were saying, just as we were walking up the stairs, podcasting is amazing because you have this, you're, literally your job is to stalk someone. Yeah. And really research the bejesus out of them. And that's why I'm so excited. And not just because I think Frank Body is friggin' incredible and I'm like a total user and I love it and it's always in my shower. Oh, and, thanks. But also I'm really excited about you, like hearing about you because Frank Body is one of five people. You're one of five One founders. of four. Yeah, of we four. were five originally and now we're four, found- well, four still remaining founders. Yep. Got you. But I'm like... I want to know about Jess as well. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and when I well no, like, and I'm I'm don't get me wrong, I'm pumped here about the Frank Body story because I think anybody that is chasing a dream would be inspired by that story, mm-hmm. or anybody that's just got that little itch. Yeah, you know, like I've got this idea. I don't. I'm scared of failing. And, yep. and so I think even when I've read was reading these you know, these interviews with you and, and you know, like there's never a right time being like, I'm just like mm-hmm. my, my mind is like, yes, yeah. you know. And it, sometimes that's all you need to have that little spark to kind of face the fear. Yeah, But I want to start back further. Mm-hmm. And I read this and further than DJing, oh, we'll God. get there, we'll get there. <laughs> I too. I was in my nappy, yeah. <laughs> no, I read a quote where you said you went to your careers counsellor and you were like, I want to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this isn't a good idea for you. What? I know. It's so weird that you say that. I was thinking about it when I went for a walk the other morning. Like every now and then it will just come up as this frustration point. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. We need to make sure that we have careers counsellors who are giving advice to people in school, actually spending time in the real world and outside of the school, understanding how industry changes. And it was so frustrating to me. Like there wasn't even a discussion about other things that I could do with writing other than being an author or being a journalist. And I just knew that I loved writing, but they really didn't offer me any guidance. So what did they say? You walked in, do you remember when you walked into that room? Yeah, yeah. I think I was in year 10 and we were, you know, you're going through all that stuff trying to decide what you're going to do. Super impressionable. You're so impressionable. I mean, I was 14 or 15 years old and you're trying to pick your VCE subjects so that you can choose your uni degree. And it was really just flattening the conversation. It was like, there are no job prospects here. It's so competitive. I really wouldn't look into that at all. And I thought, but this is a skill of mine. I enjoy doing this. Surely there is more of a discussion we could have. And it really threw me. I chose subjects that were completely wrong for me. I somehow got encouraged into a full science-based VCE so that I could have my options open to go study other things. And I enjoyed it but it wasn't my strength or my passion Mm. Um, and I often wonder a maybe I wouldn't have got to where I am had I not gone on that whole weird journey Mm. or b would I have got there a bit quicker or a little bit easier without all of that weird flip-flopping around in uni not to get straight into the like psychology of it all Mm. but often do you find also when you're a young impressionable person and you're still a young very young Mm. person like People that have got more authority or high status, like when I say high status, like a teacher or, a, you know, yep. um, someone that's really successful, often they'll put maybe subconsciously but their own negative stuff onto you and you unfortunately at 15 years old would have just soaked that up. Yeah. And beaten, like I remember at school I was really passionate about acting and drama and I did. I wasn't smart uh, academic, like li- with literacy. Yeah. And so I did a, my first written sack. Do you remember when they were sacks? Oh God. Yeah, we're showing our age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I'm a little bit older, but no, I, I, no, no, we're the same age. Are we the exact same I'm, age? I'm, I'm, I turned 34 in March. Yes, yeah. you've made me feel so much better. Sorry, about don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did really bad on my first written. I got really nervous. I would have been anxious, and I got a D. 
right? Yep. So really bad. And I remember I resat because I, I was I was at a private girls' school and I think they let you kind of, they want your marks mm-hmm. to be. I don't know what the rules are. Anyway, I resat and I remember saying to my drama teacher, I want to get above, was above 40 like a good enter for each? You want to get 40 yeah, out of 50? what was that called? It wasn't the enter but it was the score T-R- for your subject. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It was your, your mark for the subject. It was a number yeah. out of 50. And I was and above 40, I remember it's thinking. It's really good. Good. Yep. And I was like, I really want to get above 40 for drama because yeah. it's my favourite subject. I love it. This is what I'm meant to do. And she was like, you won't. And re- I remember that same flattening feeling you just spoke wow. about. Wow, way to shoot your dreams down. Right. right. And you're this little kid and yeah. just being like... And I remember I was like, F, in that time, in that moment, I was like, F you. And I got 43. At the end of the year, and she came up and hugged me. And I remember thinking, you, you had nothing to do with yeah, this. Yeah, you didn't believe in me when it mattered. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. And that's why I was so, when I read that about you, I was so excited to hear it because I think there would be every single person that has chased a dream would have hit a roadblock that was personal. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that personal roadblocks like that, a teacher may be going, no, no, no. And she's just projecting her own stuff yep. like onto you. Um, or, or like maybe a family member, oh, you shouldn't go down that path. Like, And they're doing it out of full protection mode. Yeah. I think that that can be super way more damaging than like, you know, your first round of something not selling out or not doing yep. well. Don't you reckon? I could not agree more. And the thing that bothers me the most is it's something that's stuck with me clearly nearly 20 years later and I bet that this person didn't even really think about it again. No. Because they didn't – she didn't have bad intentions. No. It was just – her reaction in the moment, what I've learned is when you're in any position of authority or people are coming to you for advice, the last thing you should do is give them advice mm. and it's all about asking questions. Totally. Like if I meet someone and they're like, oh, no, no, like don't do that in the first 30 seconds of us having a conversation, yeah. I look at them and I go, you are someone who's who I just can't listen to because you haven't bothered to learn anything before you give me your opinion on this. Do you know what Oprah said once? Remember when she came out here and toured a few years yeah. ago? She said that out of everyone I've ever interviewed in my life, she goes, people that are in jail, Beyonce, massive pop stars, da-da-da. She goes, um, politicians, she goes, the one thing all human beings have in common is they want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And often people, all they need is that space to be heard and then next minute they're chasing that dream. Yep. So, okay, so you you still went to uni and got a double degree, am I right? I did, yeah. Just a little uh, low achiever over here. <laughs> but it was hard work and I didn't know what I was going to do, failed heaps of subjects, excelled at others, changed my majors. Like I was all over the shop um, oh, and it wasn't, that's you so know. good to hear. Yeah, I like telling people now. I was ashamed of it though at first and I was yeah. always like, oh, yeah, uni was good, did that. I hated it at first and I was so out of my depth mm. and – at school with kids or adults, however you want to look at it, that were so different from me and had had such a different educational experience going to, you know, some of the best private schools in the country. Mm. And that's not what I did. I just went to, like, the girls' school around the corner from the house. It was okay, nothing mm. amazing. So we, we were sitting at different levels from the moment that we started and I didn't feel like I'd been prepared for that. Totally, um, and I think uni is not for everyone. That no, style, of, that style of training your brain is not the right fit for every human being. Yeah, oh, so cool to hear that. I think I failed at uni too. I think it's important to talk about. Yes, yes. So you did I got thirty-one percent, mate, yeah. on my first bio- human biology subject. <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> but it's also yeah. understanding the way your brain works. Yeah. I was learning rote, so yeah. I just write the stuff out over and over. And I realised I was visual, and as mm-hmm. soon as I started making flip cards and drawing nutrients, like what I was learning. I remember I was learning about like niacin, which is B2. Yeah. And so I what I drew a runner wearing Nike's coming second. It, it weird wow, shit. strange and that's how you remember. Yeah, like visual stuff was like, it's just learning, it's understanding your brain. And, and I'm digress now and this is going to feel like a weird jump, but uh-huh. I feel like you would have an auditory way of responding to things. Yeah. To the point that when I researched you, I found out you love Neil Young, so I listened to only Neil Young while Did I you? researched. <laughs> what a nerd. I told my boyfriend, Matt, and he was like, um, that's cute but also very weird. And I'm like, it's very weird. You're like, I'm trying to get in her head. <laughs> yeah. Is I Neil Young him. really one of your favourite artists? Yeah, I love him. Do you have a fave song? Um, oh, it's very hard to say. A favourite song. We 
we danced to Harvest Moon at our I wedding. That, that was that's I mean, one of my favourite. Um, can't beat Harvest Moon. It's so Moon. beautiful. I have other lyrics tattooed on my foot and I don't know, I just connected with, there's a lot of soul in his music. Oh, yeah. But I am an auditory learner but to commit things to memory, I have to write them down by hand also. So I've awesome. learned typing notes in the computer is a really bad way for me to remember oh, okay. stuff. So I... You can be here. Yeah, podcast. Just in case yeah. I'm going to take some notes while we yeah. talk. Here's I'm my book. <laughs> I'm the same as you. I have to write down. I have yeah. an old school diary too. Like I have to physically yes. write it even though it's in iCal. Yep. That's so cool. Okay, so when did DJing come into play? Oh, okay. So I left my master's and took a job at 360 Agency yes. with Grant and Grant. Pete. Um, Pete's amazing, by the way. Yeah, Shout out to Pete so far. Yeah, they were very inspirational men in my life. And Grant Smiley has gone on to like I know, kill the LAC it's with amazing. Yeah. yeah. They taught me a lot and they were very nurturing. Um, it was a really good training ground and they let me do so many different things. I did really boring work there as part of my logistics stuff. They're also both creative humans. They are. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. And so being around two brains that are both business savvy and creative, that's a pretty epic training ground for you now seeing what you've done. Very much so because you don't often find that dual set of skills mm. in a lot of people. So that was a great training ground. And after about 18 months, two years, uh, actually, no, it might have been less. That, no, it was about six months in when I started DJing because there was a real shortage of female DJs. And yeah. we, they kept having clients come in and wanting to book and I was around them all the time. I'd always loved music. That was how I ended up working there. Yeah. And I thought, I'm just going to have a bit of a play and see if I can do this. Yeah. Do you know and my boyfriend, Matt, yeah. he said it was when you DJed, it was just you and Mel Hall. Yeah. Our other mate, it was like just two girl DJs yep. pretty much like killing the scene. We were. It was so strange. I started originally playing solo and then I thought – this could be really fun to do as a duo. Totally. Especially with all the travel involved. It's very yeah. lonely and you're yeah. out in kind of weird places by yourself at 3 o'clock in the morning. Schedules. Yeah, yeah. Um, I called Mel. She'd never DJed before and I'm like, can I teach you how to DJ and maybe we'll do this together? So I taught Mel and That's then she obviously awesome. continued to refine yeah, it herself. she's doing and she's so well. she's smashing it. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, we did that. We were so... So lucky. We travelled all over the country and through a lot of Southeast Asia wow. playing and it was amazing. And now one of my founders in Frank Body yeah. was also our booking agent. That was how we met at 360. Really? So he became our agent, our tour manager, and life took this kind of weird, unexpected turn for a couple of years. Not to get too esoteric and hippie on you here, does it make you trust a bit in the universe? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's like – it's and also like – I think you're really smart at reading people just from the way you've, what you've said so far and just from your energy. You can feel when you meet a dingo or a really awesome human. <laughs> a dingo. Right? Yeah. But it's also, that's like a universal gift. That's a gift to mm-hmm. be able to know that. And then like in the way you're saying like, and then I met this person through this and I followed, you've always, in yoga we call it following dharma. I talk about it heaps on here. But like you've always kind of followed this feeling or my meditation teacher calls it the charm. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't really led you astray. No, I've been pretty fortunate. I think my intuition skills yeah. are, or I'm in tune with my gut and I listen yeah. to it. But there's definitely been times where I've ignored it and then reflected on it and gone, why? You knew that that was a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. Every fibre in your being was telling you not yeah, to do it. Yeah, but that's growing up it too. Is, yeah. Like in your 20s, we ignore that so oh, God. much. Sometimes I'm like, how am I alive? <laughs> Can I ask a really weird question? Yeah. At 360, so you were in charge, of pub, in charge of publicity, right? Yeah, I was head of PR, but I did heaps of really strange jobs like really? logistics, social media, copywriting. I had never done any PR. I originally started working there because I was writing a music blog and they needed a copywriter to write all the bios about oh, so the artists. Good. And it kind of just morphed into this did you Jack meet trades. anyone epic and just you were like, oh. Well, yeah, they had amazing artists on their books. Didn't they have Ruby Rose? Yeah. So Ruby would just like walk into the office oh all God. the time. I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting. I remember having to deliver chicken soup to her house one time when she was sick. <laughs> it was the first time I met her. I'm like, hello. She opened the door like wrapped in a blanket. I'm like, I'm Jess and here's some soup. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah, so when interns look at me and they're like, um, can I do the strategy? I'm like, no, <laughs> you can deliver the soup. That's what I did. <laughs> How amazing. Yeah, though. it like, was cool. To even look back on that kind of, and I feel like the time that 360 was massive was like that time when music and, you know, like. It was like the precipice of the dance world really changing and like the meeting of 
the Indian dance world. Yeah. And that was the type of music we played. Like we got to support Flume, Disclosure, <gasps> like musical oh. icons. So that was really amazing. Um, but then I started to really hate the term female DJ and I really hated that I had this like handicap attached to it. I'm like, uh, nope, just just a DJ. Yeah, <laughs> Vagina totally. doesn't matter. Yeah. But even like even in I've read articles where it's like that you're referred to a lot as a female entrepreneur. All the time. Female this. Mm. It's pretty... It, it was supposed to help us, right? Yeah. Like that's why that movement started. Yeah. But now... I mostly find it frustrating because yeah. none of the guys that I work with get called a boy or a male entrepreneur or a boy it's boss crazy. or all this shit. I'm like, just why can't, are we not? It's 2020. It, it's, How are we still doing this? It's yeah. crazy. And I did an acting course last week with a, yeah. an amazing actor called Cody Firm. Mm-hmm. He's in that um, assassination of Gianni Versace on Netflix. Oh, Watch Yeah. It. Okay. And he was like, it's still so hard for women. Yeah. He's like, you can get cast up to 40 as like, you know, a young woman. He's like, the second you hit 40, you're cast as a mum. Yeah. Or a grandma at 45. I don't even know about, yeah, Yeah. I don't even know about you, but I'm 34 and the amount of people that write me on Instagram, when are you having a baby? And I'm like, when the hell is ageism become a thing? Like, what right do people have to ask you that no matter what age you are? Correct. It's your body, it's your private. What if you don't want to have kids? What if you can't have kids? This is the other thing. I'm like, what if I couldn't? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that could be so triggering and so hurtful. You've got no, and people don't, like, for people listening, I don't intend on having kids at the moment in my life. And... But that's also my choice. Yeah. Why does it have to be other? And it's this weird, like, weird, there's this weird thing that's done to women. I've been watching the Goop uh, Lab series on Netflix. I want to watch that, yeah. Watch it. Yeah, you would, this feels a bit Goop Labby here. <laughs> it very much so. Does it? Yes, <laughs> totally. There's a candle over there that smells like our vaginas. Oh, yeah. perfect. <laughs> Get one of them on my way right? out. Yeah. Um, but they, Gwyneth was talking and she said, the second I turned 40, all the pressures of being a woman a woman in my reproductive years left me. Right. She said, but when you're in that window of being in your 30s, she's like, it's weird. Yeah, everyone is looking at you basically just trying to work out when when it's going to happen. Yeah. Like you're a clock. I'm, like, I'm not a clock. And then like the fact that like back to the like female entrepreneur um, and, and everything I look up about you is like young woman doing this, this and this, Forbes 30 under 30, one woman did, and it's like young and, and, and I get that there's like this beautiful side to celebrating women but it's like why is it a handicap? Yeah. Why is it, you know? And I don't, I don't know if anyone who's listened to me talk before but it, has, it is a passion point of mine. I don't like that we have to turn women in business or doing whatever it is that they love into this like super girly celebration of things and it's like flowers and we call each other bitches and I'm like, well, no, like I'm just, I kind of still want to be professional because that's what I do in the workplace. Like it's all fun but I don't know, it became either like everything's pink and floral over here and we use like all these cutesy words to describe each other or if you're over here it's like you're a hard ass. I'm like, well, no, totally. I'm just a professional coming to do my job. Totally. I'm trying to do it well. Equal. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're passionate about that because I believe you're in a position and you're already doing it where you can change that tone. I try to. And I, I don't mean it in a way to shoot down other women that are, whose intentions are amazing by doing that sort of totally. stuff. Like, I yeah. know that. There's a place for I, it. I get what they're trying yeah. to achieve. I just think we could probably progress the conversation onto something a little bit more sophisticated totally now a hundred yeah a million percent and that's where I actually think what I love about Frank Body is it's to me it's not necessarily super feminine yeah. it's more like it's almost well the branding it's Frank yeah you know what I mean it's cheeky it's Frank it's like honest it's straight up yeah it's raw ingredient it's it's very no bs and that's what I that's what I I personally as a consumer resonate with. Yep. I'm like, I can trust this. It's no bullshit. Uh, it's it celebrates me for who I am. That's the feeling I get when I walk into like a Mecca or if I look at something or I see the branding online, like that's the feeling. I like that it gives you that feeling because that's exactly what we want. Like it's still Feminine, and I am still so in tune with the feminine totally. parts of my personality and my life and my body, but it doesn't mean I'm out of tune with the other parts that you'd think of as more inherently masculine. Yeah. And I'm like, I can be fun and P 
pink but still decisive and assertive. And, like, those two things I think really come together in the Frank Body brand. And it's almost like if you can look at any school of healing modalities, mm. not to bring the nutrition into it, but like yin and yang. Yeah. You can't be too yin. You've got to be in too balance. feminine. Yeah. You're going to be like wafy and like yep. and in Indian medicine, you can't be, ever be too vata, mm-hmm. which is like soft and floaty. You need the pitta, yep. the fire. You need the grounding. You need the earth. You need, without one, like I don't believe there would ever be I mean, you can go beyond success and go to happiness. I don't think one way or the other you could be. And I know some people are like, well, you know, I am more gentle and I am, and that's beautiful. Yeah. And there is the right. That's their balance yeah. though. Yeah. But I like that you're celebrating both and yep. you're celebrating like often people say to me in business, oh, you know, you've got bulldog in you. And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. Yeah. And I like that about myself and it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Exactly. And I think particularly as a woman growing up, maybe especially in the era that we grew up in, Mm. I don't know what things you were taught, but even the subliminal messaging when you're at school, it's like, oh, don't get in trouble or, like, don't cause a fuss or, like, don't be too loud. So you have 20 years of people telling you all this shit and then you get into the real world and you're like, well, I actually need to be heard and say if things, you know, if I don't agree with things or if something makes me feel uncomfortable, but I've been taught how to not do all of that stuff. So I, I found it's not until I've reached my 30s that I actually... I'm starting to understand who I am as a person. And loving that person. loving that person, yeah. Uh, When you were saying that about when we were at school, do you remember like the big brands were like Impulse and Astralis and these really like Barbie dolly kind of branding with butterflies on everything and super feminine and that real floral, that really girly, like that's what we were absorbing with our senses. Even the toys that we played with. Oh, man. Do you see this morning Barbie released or Mattel released a Barbie with, um, I'm going to pronounce this really badly, vitiligo, the <gasps> Really? No, no, you did good. Yeah. You did good, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's amazing. Cool. Like this generation of girls is going to hopefully grow up with a really different understanding of their body and their totally. selves compared to what we did. I think if, if anyone's listening to this and under 30, start loving yourself for who you oh, are God. and stop caring yeah. about validation from outside yeah. at all. And that's, again, where I think the messaging of, Frank Body is very on point with that. Yeah, it's about loving yourself. Yeah. And it's a really interesting time to be in beauty because we would have all seen a very necessary shift to talking about body positivity yeah. and skin positivity. Yeah. You can still do that though and want to use products that maybe help your pimples fade totally. away. Like we don't have to – I feel like a lot of people are stuck and like, oh, God, am I like not supposed to – if I've got some stretch marks, maybe not want them there. Like you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want with your own body, use whatever 100%. products, do whatever you want them to do. It's just that we shouldn't pass judgment about anybody else. Uh, what works for one, but you got to watch the Goop Lab, mate. Yeah. What works for one, yeah. What works for one person doesn't work for another. They there were three women, and they all got their biological age tested. It was yeah. Gwyneth and two, like her editor in chief, and then somebody mm-hmm. else. And then they all changed their diet for twenty one days, and then they all did one skin treatment. Yeah. That was meant to make you feel better about your age and whatnot. One did. Um, have you heard of the acupuncture with the? Uh, like cosmetic acupuncture. Yeah, yeah. So 100 little needles in her oh. face. Another one, Gwyneth did the PR, what's it called where they put the platelets back? Oh, the, PRP, yeah. The vampire one. Yeah. And then this other chick did this full invasive thing where they thread things under <gasps> your cheek and pull it. And Ooh. I was like, I was watching with my boyfriend and I was like, yeah, they call it the Joker. Do they? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, because yeah, it like pulls like, your face. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Matt was like, whoa, this is not natural. <laughs> just change it. But it was so beautiful to celebrate these yeah. three women doing what they were doing, wanted to do for themselves yep. and not pass judgment on it. It was so cool. I think that's the lesson that we need to always be relearning yes. as women to just celebrate each other and <sighs> stop judging what each other do. Yes. Like, I don't have the mental energy to care. Well, like, I it takes away like, from other cool shit you exactly. could be doing, really. Like, That's what they want to do. More power to them. So, Not what I want to do. Totally. Do that. Yeah. So I've got to hear it. I've got to hear the Frank Bod story. Yeah. I, I keep saying Frank Bod because the Insta makes me say Frank Bod, but Frank Body, I yeah. want to just give me in a nut. Like, it's the coolest little story. Like, I know I've started stuff and thrown five grand into it and it hasn't worked at mm-hmm. all. And, and like, I don't think I'm alone in that. Oh, God. And even we have. We've done other things that didn't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. But see, how refreshing is it to hear that? Yeah, people don't talk about it enough. No. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, but I love the story behind 
just like, you know, cafe, chicks coming in asking for the coffee grind. Go yeah, for it. Go right. for it. Take well, it away. it's kind of a multi-part story. So after I left 360, mm-hmm. we started our branding agency called Below and Blake and it was really specifically focused on copywriting at the time because that was each of our individual skill sets. Mm-hmm. And we had lots of clients come to us who knew that we would create bold and risky mm-hmm. ideas but then when they saw them they got a bit nervous and yeah. things just kept getting watered down yeah. and didn't quite have the impact that we know. You're almost we really ahead felt. of your time with that. Maybe a little bit, yeah. Just, just with, with people going on and that's too risque. It's yeah. like now people are jump. Everyone's trying to do yeah. the same thing. It's almost better to be a bit more bland now I think because you'll stand yeah. out more. Yeah. Um, so it, it was about three years in and we thought, okay, what if we had a project that we controlled from beginning to end Mm. and at the same time we were talking with our friends Steve and Alex Mm -hmm. about trying to create a product together Um, but we didn't know what it was going to be and we just started to see all right we want to create a brand that's more risky and something that we really can get behind and believe Mm. in. Instagram was starting to emerge and we thought that's a really interesting platform to market a product on. You've Mm. got you know predominantly a lot of women on there right in that sort of 20 to 30 year old age mm-hmm. bracket and there was this really booming conversation about health and wellness and we yeah. could see the start of the trend towards using more natural products which we had already started doing as well i think that was how we came back into each other's lives at Peran health food yeah, yeah. I, I worked there i know and I, I remember used to say yeah. i remember one day i gone through a bit of heartbreak and you knew my ex and i was like oh, oh my, my god, god I <laughs> and i fully yes. like emotionally dumped on you on me in the aisles i was like <laughs> you needed that chat yeah <laughs> We've all done so it. so bad for like two hours after. I was like, oh, my God, she's going to think I'm crying. I didn't. I think I walked in at just the right time you when did, you needed actually. to chat. You gave me a lot of love, a lot of love. Um, we've all had our hearts broken, so it's good <laughs> to talk about it. Um, and so Steve and Alex were really interested in starting something that was e-commerce related. So yeah. It was all these kind of three things coming together and it was Steve who owns a series of cafes mm-hmm. in Melbourne who had women come in and ask for the coffee grind, yeah. which wasn't that unusual because people always like to take them home and use it as a garden, garden fertilizer. Yeah. But just after chatting with them, they're like, oh, we actually just like to take it home and use it in our shower as a body scrub. He, yeah. he knows a good idea when he hears one or sees one. Yeah. He's like, that's really interesting. That kind of fits the model of what we've been yeah. talking about. Uh, so we did research. There was nothing really on the market and it was a lot of DIY recipes and it turns out that most of the DIY recipes were using recycled coffee grinds which is great for exfoliation but doesn't really provide a lot of the benefit from the the caffeine. I had no idea until I was diving deep into researching you. It makes such sense. So is it the caffeine that stimulates kind of like cell renewal and good for cellulite? Is that correct? Yeah, it's got so many amazing properties for your skin and so once you use recycled grinds, it's in the cup of coffee Mm -hmm. as opposed to in the product that you're using. It's great for, you know, potentially assisting collagen production, Mm -hmm. stimulating blood flow. Mm. That's what we saw customers end up really having that amazing effect on like cellulite and stretch marks but mostly just the most epic body scrub because like, it's totally. so coarse. Yeah. Uh, so and we it smells so it's good. Smells good. And we I love the birth things up. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I love the birth We're talking about that. They were always like having debates internally, <laughs> ranking our scrubs. <laughs> Everyone's very anti-peppermint. Poor pep. Just got to get out there because yeah. it's such a good scrub. It's so good for it's you so as well. It's so good for you. Like peppermint oil has so many amazing yeah. properties. Um, but I think it's quite a polarising smell as well. I always find I use a peppermint more in the morning because yeah. I want to be stimulated. I can smelling that smell and then I'll go like something more calming at night time yeah. or even just the OG. I tend to do the same thing. Um, we mixed a whole bunch of things in the kitchen. I heard. So you literally yeah. split up like coffee grinds together and then like we're like, I'm going to add, try this oil with this and Pretty you much. just guinea pigged it yourselves. Yep. Great. Had these little like doggy bags. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Stuff that looked like dirt, <laughs> scrubbed, loved it. And we started sort of thinking about, all right, this looks like dirt. We're competing in a market where people are paying $400 for a jar of yeah. cream. Yeah. We're going to charge them 15 bucks for this bag of natural ingredients Mm. but essentially things that people still could make together at home they could make something similar we thought all right I don't want to overcharge people for this I really just want them to pay what it's worth Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to them about all of this bullshit ageless Mm. reverse your face crap that people see everywhere Mm -hmm. and cut through a lot of the science and jargon in the beauty industry and just get really real and honest and frank and that was how the whole brand philosophy kind of stemmed from there and because we we're playing on social, we thought it makes sense to try and talk in first person. We can't come in here as a company and yeah. just 
be really corporate. So the character of Frank was created off the back of that and that's kind of how it all started to come together. Is it true with the first few photo or the first kind of like social and digital kind of campaign you were just using your own legs and stuff? Yeah, that was just us. us. We were just taking photos in the bathroom looking like swamp monsters (laughs) and it was to show people. That was really why because if you said coffee scrub, it didn't mean anything to anyone. It didn't exist. Cut through. Yeah, so like we'll have to just show people what it is and that's a philosophy we've lived by at all of our businesses was really show, don't tell. Oh, and so it's good. so much easier. Um, That's a nice way to do it with success as well. Yeah, yeah. Everyone talks a lot about it and it's, if you can just kind of get on with things and get your work done, oh, so you'll cool. end up in a much better position. So how did it go from you've all chucked a like, couple of grand in yeah. each and the, was the key like 10 grand or something oh, like that? Yeah, if that. Yeah. And then fast forward, it's a $20 million company, probably more now. Yeah, I... To be honest, I don't even pay attention to what oh, yeah. the company is. You're worth. like Jess Seppel. Do you yeah. know Jess Seppel, the no, nutritionist? No, she's no. a massive nutritionist. She's bought supplements out. And she's like, oh, I don't know. Like someone wrote to her and told her it had gone from the value had gone skyrocketed. Yeah. And she was like, oh, great. Like, yeah. She's like, I care about community. Yeah. And with you guys, you care about like the product so much and that like the messaging and it's so cool to hear. Yeah. And it can I think we went through a phase of caring too much about that stuff. It takes your eye off the ball and money is a really interesting thing because it can be so empowering and then so dangerous. Totally. Um, And so we try not to focus on that anymore and for me focusing on making great products and Mm. building an amazing community with our Frankfurts is what I love doing. Frankfurts. Um, Yeah, it's cute. Confusing for people in Germany. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But cute, yeah. Um, grew we had no expectations it was like a maybe we'll make some extra beer money from this type of project (laughs) we got beer money but we also got an amazing team of people that you can see here now and is it up to 80 uh no it's not 80 we've got about 40 something here in australia we have a small team in new york and we will have a team in london by the end of the year so exciting. Yeah. Never what we thought we'd Is, end up doing. Yeah. Give me like one of those moments where you were like, I don't know if it's like you were standing in store and you were like, oh, my God, someone's picking it up. Oh, my God, someone's smelling as well. Like is, have you had or, or is it like you've seen, has there been a celebrity that's got behind it or is it, has there been some moment where you're like, how the F is this happening right now? Like yeah. those moments I love. There's strange moments that occur. So like when we launched in Mecca, that mm. was incredible. Ah, and it's almost like the branding is designed for Mecca yeah, to, too. to go together. <laughs> and it was at the time they didn't have Australian brands in store because their business yeah. model was built around bringing international brands here exclusively. So mm. that was a long shot and, you know, we could have not done it because we thought we would have failed, but you just have to go and chase those things because you already fail if you don't even try. Um, that was amazing. But there's this really little moment that I had on a flight coming back from Queensland to Melbourne and the girl sitting next to me pulled out a Frank Body lip balm. This was maybe three years ago. That is a good lip balm. I've still got mine. I love it. You sent to me a little while ago. I've always had really dry lips. So that was the lip scrub was born out of me Mm. battling with dry lips all the time. I didn't say anything to her, but I probably looked like the biggest creep. Just sitting there like, oh, my God. Like, side that eye. That sounds like. really side eye. This chick's just like, hmm, try to steal my stuff. What are you doing? But it was the best moment because that meant to me this isn't about my ego as much as, you know, when we saw our stuff in Mecca and on the windows, mm. that was really cool. We've had celebrities use the product. Mm. This was just another person yeah. like me who thought, I like that brand, I like that product, I'm going to spend my $10 on the lip balm and buy it and liked it enough to keep using it and carry it around with her and that meant the world to me. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time I'd seen the product in the wild. Oh, in the wild, I love it. (laughs) And it's cool as well, you've spoken to like it's someone having a really personal experience. It's not... Yeah, very, 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 very cool. Yeah. Oh, man. I, there's so many things. I'm like, I'm looking at my list. I'm like, shit, how am I going to get through all of this? <laughs> this is a podcast about failure. And some people are really funny about that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually speaking in the feminine things, some people are like, oh, it's a very yucky word. Yeah. Uh, can we call it a lesson? Which we totally can. I love the word failure personally. It just is what it is, isn't it? Well, it's so great. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 um, it's the biggest gift, yeah. I think. Um, you learn so much more in the times that things yeah. don't work than in the times that they work. I've, that's been my biggest lesson to date. 
To not totally. be scared of failing and no. stuffing things up. Yeah. Do you know Gary Vee? Yeah. He's like the most successful people will look forward yeah. to it. And then I was telling someone this and they said they read a paper about the highest profile politicians love conflict so much because it teaches them about holes in their personality. Yeah. I like, love that. Ooh. And getting that real-time feedback and, totally. like, learning about your blind spots, that yeah. all comes through. Like, it's just, it, it is lessons, but it's all linked to failure. Totally. And so is it been any kind of, like, little blip or failure oh, yeah. where you're just, like, at the time you're like, ah, but now you look back and you're like, that was the cool. That was a really cool gift. Yeah, I mean, we've launched products that weren't successful, mm. and like that in itself is a failure, uh, and it costs the business a lot of money and a yeah. lot of time to do that. And then outside of Frank, like Alex and myself, we had two other businesses that we started years ago, and they didn't really go anywhere. And I look at it, and I think it's very a huge part of failing well is understanding why things didn't work mm. and it would have been so easy to just be like oh well that wasn't a good idea and it didn't work and I'm like well no I didn't put enough time and energy into it and that's why it didn't work maybe that idea is actually still okay and yeah. it, someone else might do it better but I didn't give it the attention that it deserved that takes a lot of self-understanding and self-actualization to know that though a lot of work but I've done a lot of work on that therapy yeah therapy a and working with the coach <sighs> yeah Awesome. Um, I haven't as much in the last year or so, but in the previous five years, Heaps. like weekly. Yeah, good yeah. girl. Yeah, the reason why I say that is I think there's still a stigma around mental health. I'm very passionate oh, about therapy yeah. and not that there's anything wrong with anyone. Like people go, you see a therapist once a week? I'm like, hell yeah. Mm. And like, well, what, what? And I'm like, our motto is how can I be bulletproof? And yeah. I'm like, that's all I go there for. Yeah. I, I literally love went. Started going about two and a half years ago, of course, for heartbreak because you know what I was like yeah. in the, the um, aisles of Pran Health Food. So I, another heartbreak, fast forward a few years, and it was the same thing. I just couldn't unpack it. And I always did this thing where I'd blame it on myself. So mm-hmm. I went to a therapist and then we dealt with that in three sessions. It's outrageous what you can get through in only a couple of sessions. Right. But then the tools that it teaches you for when you're not at Totally. In the office with a therapist anymore. 100%. But I said to him at the end, I was like at the third session, I said, can I keep coming to you? I think it's a game changer for if you want to go big, play big yep. in your life, in happiness, in love, in success, because it forces you to sit in the shit. Yeah, it does. And yeah. to realise that it's okay to be in the shit and like totally. shit is going to happen. Yeah. And then the next time it happens, you're just so much better equipped yeah. to deal with it. Or you can see it before it's coming. Totally. Pay attention to the cues that you get. Like it's the best time and money I ever spent. But I get it for some people it's, you know, we're lucky. Like we're in a position of privilege where we can Correct. do that. Yeah. So that I think it's great that there's lots of free tools available online. Well, that's why this now. podcast exists yeah. because it's to celebrate the not so like pretty times. Yeah. When I say pretty like um, – I often say, like, you see our highlight reel on Insta. Oh, totally. And so it is to celebrate and so people can, like, there would be so many people that look up to you and go, fuck, I want I want to do that. Yeah. But to hear that you've, one, had help, two, um, had failures. Yep. To me, that is a tool that people can go, actually, I got this. And it's really easy to look at someone who appears to be successful and happy and just assume that it was mm. like a straight line to yeah. get there. Like we all are silly. Linear. We all do that. Like it doesn't exist. Nah. So I like it when I have the opportunity to talk to people about it yeah. to point out that, no, I did not go to the best school. I just worked hard. I didn't come from a rich family. I just came from like a normal middle-class family yeah. in Australia. And I had to work really hard to get where I am and I stuffed it up sometimes. And then sometimes I didn't work anywhere near as hard as I need to. And then that's why oh, things took... Longer Can I happen. ask you something about the hard work? Because I've heard you speak to this before and I, I found it really like, whoa, when you're in like that zone of like, I don't know whether it's like pre and new product mm-hmm. launching or it's just like the stakes are quite high and it's that kind of like higher pressure time yeah. and I'm sure that happens in ebbs and flows. Can you stay at the office till like 3 a.m.? And I imagine you're having calls with US, UK. We're talking different time zones mm-hmm. here. Can you, what is it, it's, I'm guessing it's not a nine to five work day. No, like yesterday is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. My first call started at 7am mm-hmm. with my team in the US. I came straight into the office once that block of two and a half hour mm-hmm. 
calls had finished. I worked here until 7pm and I got in the car and started a call with the UK at 7.15. Got home, started another call at 8.30 and finished that by about quarter past nine and then I had dinner. So that was my day. It went for 15, 16 hours. And that is the reality of trying to build a business. Yeah. It's not that I don't say it in a way to be like, look how much stuff I no, do. No, amazing. No. I would totally prefer to not do that. Yeah. But when the stakes are high and there's a lot of stuff to get done and you've you've set yourself ambitious growth targets, mm. well, the way to achieve them is to work towards them. I love it. And it, you're right, it comes in ebbs and flows mm. and I reflect and I'm like, why am I so busy right now? Could I have been doing something a little bit better a few weeks ago that would have alleviated this? And that's what I've learned through, like, therapy and coaching yeah. to be like, things don't happen to you. Like, yeah. we, we yeah. choose to respond to things the way that we do. We react to things the way that we do. So now I'm like, I could be really angry that I've just had a 15-hour day and I'm trying to shove food in my mouth mm. and go to bed because my next call starts at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. Or I could be like, okay, how do I stop this cycle? What can I do to cut things yeah. out a little bit? That takes high emotional intelligence, which is what therapy helps you kind of like tap yes. into as well. Yep. I'm just so glad that you shared that though because I think, again, it's not linear and mm. there are going to be days and times and like like right before I came here I dropped a batch of coffee off oh, and then you? I'm running yeah, like exactly. to a, to a uh, stockist. Well, and like, even running in here I'm like, I'm sorry I'm late, yeah. running in a few minutes later no. than I need to be because that's no. life and trying to get stuff done. And I, I think that's good because you're humanising this kind of like, I think we can kind of like almost make successful people like heroes mm. and it's so nice to kind of like pull the veil yeah. down and be like, no, 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 some days are really hard. Yep. And just on this, the concept of this podcast is that celebrating the not so shiny times. Uh, if you're comfortable, I'd love to ask you a little bit about insomnia. Mm. Oh, God, I could talk about it for days. Yep. Yeah, and, and I've read that something really refreshing where you've said, you know, they say, you know, screens off at night is, you know, not the thing to do, but it's about playing what works for you. My boyfriend also has insomnia and he has to fall asleep watching something on Netflix. Yep. Like headphones in, I'll be out. Like in five minutes, I'm one of those really annoying people. I hate you. <laughs> And he'll have to take natural sleeping stuff yep. and have his headphones in and watching something on um, Netflix to help him get to sleep. And that goes against all the blue light stuff. Yep. So can you share a bit about your anxiety? I'm sorry, yeah. um, insomnia. Well, it's both, to be honest. I have been a terrible sleeper for most of my adult life mm-hmm. and I come from a family of bad sleepers. So genetics is already up mm-hmm. against. I'm up against it that way. I was listening to something really interesting on the way here, actually. Yeah. There's a new book coming out called Brainwash by two neuroscientists. Oh, yeah, I'll find the, <laughs> Thank Maybe you. I'll find it and we can put it in the yeah. show notes. Yes, let's do it. Um, and it was talking about how we know all of the information. Most of us, if you're interested in this space, you've learnt everything yeah. that there is to learn. Yeah. Putting it into action is the complete opposite. And I have struggled with sleep for my whole life and there are some times when I really look after myself and I make better decisions and I sleep better and then I go through periods of, you know, stress at work or emotional stress or Mm. whatever it might be in my life and my sleep is the first thing to go. I've had a crappy month, like a really crappy month and my sleep has been absolutely terrible, especially this week. Didn't sleep Monday night at all. Just went straight through to the next day. Do you? What do you do if you can't sleep? I, I try not to get on technology and yeah. I do a lot of deep breathing yep. and I, I lie in bed, I get on my back, hand on my belly, hand on my chest mm-hmm. and I do breath work or I do some stretching. That really helps to activate my parasympathetic nervous yep. system and get me back in it, at least not this frantic anxiety mode that I can enter if I'm not sleeping. But it's a struggle and I like to be really real about it. Like I tell Mm. my team, I'm like, I didn't sleep last night Mm. because it's easier to manage people's expectations and they know that you're human, not a robot. And then you're not feeling like you're supposed to operate at the level that you would have if you'd slept. Mm -hmm. But I do. I watch television Mm -hmm. to help me get to sleep and I feel guilty about it, which is so stupid, isn't it? I'm like... I look at, like, Dan's like you. He'll just be asleep in two minutes. He'll be snoring and he's still awake. I'm like, ow. (laughs) And I struggle. I'm like, if I fall asleep on the couch maybe once every couple of months, Mm. I'm like, oh, my God, this is what it feels like for people to just fall asleep rather than take prescription strength melatonin, do breath work and yoga, 
have, you know, valerian tea, yeah. no lights on for the last three hours, just candles, blue blocking glasses. Yeah. I'm, like I, I do so many things to help me sleep and then sometimes it's just like, you know, she hits the fan and things don't go according to plan. Again, not to take it too esoteric or do you find that like certain times like because a lot of people struggle with sleep, like even – Again, I'm like asleep like a log, but like at full moons at certain times, the I mean, you might not be just totally into astrology, but I find like Matt will even call me. He's like, how did you sleep last night? And I'm like, yeah, man, it's a full moon. Full moon stuffs me around yeah. so much. Yeah. And certain times in my cycle. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's um, natural. Yeah. That's so normal. So that, those two things. and But then I wonder what the correlation is. And I'm like, do I see that it's a full moon and something inside my brain's like, you're not going to sleep tonight and then I don't sleep because I've seen it or is it because it was like, had I not seen it, would I not sleep anyway? I think it's, I think there is Probably something both. bigger at play. I think it's, I believe that the full moon has got something to do with yeah. it. Yeah. Even when I was practising as a nutritionist, I can promise you yeah. it affects people emotionally yeah. as well. Big it's, time. It's so interesting to research all of that stuff and I think the yeah. best thing any insomnia can do is try and understand their body and their yeah. triggers more. Like you can do things to minimise it. You just have to understand that you're probably not going to be a champion sleeper. That's what Matt says too. Yeah. And I think, and that's what I loved what you said, it's like about finding what works right for you and like definitely drop the guilt around the screen. Yeah time like sometimes I get really jealous like you're gonna can we say this who are we watching something I'm like why are you watching that without me yeah I'll like peer over his shoulder and make him give me a headphone like I'm so yeah. mean we have our Jess's insomnia shows yeah. and they're the shows that we watch together and I'm yeah. like god it's so hard not to watch those ones when I can't sleep do you and and because I accidentally tripped on my words before but do you find that it, it correlates with anxiety or does one feed the other I think they Feed each other. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely this feedback loop going on. But I've, I'm just so much more aware of it now. And that yeah. again just comes through doing lots of work around self awareness. But yeah, I'm a naturally anxious person, mm -hmm. always have been, mm -hmm. and probably always will be. You would probably be an empath as well, though. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, which hand is, hand. yeah. A lovely and damaging quality for a lot of people, you know. It ha it's There's two sides of the same coin. Totally. Yeah. But when we haven't seen each other for how long, honestly? Oh, years. I ran into you about a year ago at Future Future. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Randomly on yeah. a, like, second you were on date, a date with Matt. I'm just like, yeah. hey. Yeah. <laughs> he was so nervous. He's so funny. Um, but prior to that would be years. And from the second I got here, like, I could feel your energy straight away. And you're more of an empath than me. And... Yeah, I can feel that. And it's such a beautiful girl. I get a bit jealous of really good empaths because I'm oh, like, oh. I think that you are. Oh, I can feel people. Yeah. I'm intuitive and I can feel people, but you've got this beautiful, like, softness in oh, your heart. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I try just not to be an arsehole. That's a really You're good not. starting point. <laughs> there's, the, there's a hook line. There's the hook line, I try guys. not to be an arsehole. <laughs> yeah, that's what you can title the show. <laughs> it's almost, we've almost run out of time. I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. It's a bit more business related and it's on the kind of value thing. How on earth do you handle copycats? Because there is an F ton of them out there. Oh, there are a lot. Especially I, for you guys, I feel. Yeah. It used to bother me. Mm. Uh, particularly the people who would copy the brand word for word. Like we've had people rip the source code off the website, literally copy and paste the text. But I, it's exactly like what we talked about with you can either give your energy to things people, yeah. places, whatever, or you can decide that you've got better things to worry about. And I had to make a switch. We all did. Mm. And so we just we just don't worry about them. I honestly don't bother. We've got all of our trademarks. Yeah. If anyone is seriously infringing on them, our lawyers will help us. Yeah. But now I just go, they're, probably, they're doing it for the wrong reasons because they're doing it to make money because there's clearly mm. no passion or originality mm. in the idea. And that's about them. And maybe they're going through something where they're placing this value on something that isn't really important. Mm. When we have new team members start, they're always like, oh, my God, this yeah. is outrageous. And we sort of have to train them into going, it's not for us to worry about. Like, let's just focus on doing our thing and doing it well mm. and staying ahead of the curve. Oh, um, so that's, it. I think, a good lesson for everyone. And I heard you guys speak on a podcast where it's like you've got the product, like the physical product, you've got the brand. Mm. They're quite, they're two They're two entities. different things, yeah. But then you've also got like... I don't know if this is me just listening and like doing my interpretation of it. Then you've got the feeling that brand evokes mm. and, the, and the feeling you get from having that product yeah. in your life. And to get that matrix kind of like humming 
you need to be a genius and you need oh, to be. thanks. That's nice. We're yeah. not geniuses <laughs> at all. We're really lucky, like, that we have an amazing community of people. Mm. And people are smart. Um, and when they see copycat brands, they, know about they it. call it out. I'm like, mm. well, we don't even have to do anything because yeah. these people that are the reason our brand exists are doing it for us mm. and they show so much loyalty to the brand that like that makes you feel really good when that happens. Yes. Um, that puts a lot of trust in the process of it, it does. all, doesn't it? And I think but that's that fourth element. Like you need people there who want to hear what you have to say or want to mm. buy what you're selling them. Mm. And we're lucky we've got a great community of people that do that. <sighs> I, and I, I know I should be out of questions, but I just want to know you've got Will and Blake. Yep. Frank Body, yep. Frame, yep. like how do you balance? And then you've got this wonderful husband. You know what I mean? Like, and <laughs> you live down Mornington Peninsula. You know, yep. like how do you balance all of this? Is it, is it, is it, is it a bit of equanimity? Like, it, will certain things you'll be like, okay, I'm in this mind frame today, and I'm in this one. How do, how do you find that balance? I go either between that, like ebbing and flowing between things, or. I am in a period where I'm extremely regimented and I block out my okay. calendar for the basically the month ahead mm-hmm. and I know I don't try to write lists of everything I have to do because you look at that and immediately you're like, can't do that, yeah. impossible. <laughs> so I go, what are my like key big projects? My mm-hmm. priorities are going to be business changing or help my team do their jobs mm-hmm. better and I only focus on them. I've learned how to eliminate other things in my life. So if you email me, you get an autoresponder that says, I'm not checking my email. Mm-hmm. Um, if random people ask me for coffee dates or advice, I've had to just, I hate saying no, but I have to. You have to. Like say yeah. no to things. And that was one of my New Year's resolutions. I'm just Absolutely. not having coffee with people I don't know anymore because I can't yeah, fit no. it in. Um, and then really sticking to that schedule, which can be hard as an insomniac. Because hey, what's your star sign? Pisces. Oh, yeah, and your water. Yeah, my water. So I naturally want to be like, yeah. la, la, la. Yeah. So I've had to learn how to do things that don't necessarily come naturally mm. to me. What's then, Dan? What is Dan? Sagittarius. Oh, that's yeah. good though. That brings the earth. He's my grounding Ground, force yeah. in my life. Yeah. yeah, good combo, water and earth. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love stuff. And like so the roaring flood that takes him over. Whoops. Yeah, but then you've got his, his solid. Yeah. It's and very much yeah. our relationship. Like yeah. I'm a floater and a dreamer. He's a realist and grounded. Mm. It's oh, a nice pairing. Combo. So, yeah, I just try not to be too hard on myself if I don't get stuff done and talk honestly about it with people if I'm behind or struggling with things. You're awesome. I'm not. You are. Just I've loved this. But thanks. Can we just end it with, like, just for, for someone listening to this and might be like, oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Just, like, one bit of self-talk. Like, what, you know, one little bit of self-advice. I think if you are thinking about changing your job or making a major life decision, following a passion, starting a business, you just, the best thing you can do is ask yourself questions to understand why you want to do it. Mm. So I worry that we've entered this age where there's so much focus on, like, doing your own thing. Yeah, it is. yeah. And totally. it's not right for everybody. Mm. And, but it creates this pressure, like pressure cooker environment where everyone's like, oh, am I supposed to quit my job and do something else? Or like, but I'm kind of happy. I mean, I'm supposed to be more happy. I don't know. Mm. I think self-reflection, and I'm very much about asking questions of myself and of other people. So I don't know anyone listening. I can't give them solid advice on what to do, but I think they can be their own therapist and ask themselves a lot of questions and I learn. think a lot of those uh, motivational books will often often be like, what is your why? Yeah. Like, what is the purpose? Why are you doing what you're doing? What, like, and, and I think, like, being really honest with yourself, like, I'm a dreamer as well and I'll know if I don't chase this thing, I'm going to feel like there's something missing yeah. that will often be a navigator for me. Like if it's that important, then I'm going to feel pretty shitty and have regret and I'll be like, well, if you don't do it, you've got to live with that feeling. And normally, and that's where the why kind of sorts itself out pretty fast. Yes, I'm exactly the same. And then just trying to understand your own timeline as well. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do it now or to wait for the right time and I don't know. You've just got to work out what's best for you. Do you know what a naturopath taught me? What? Time is a constraint of the human mind. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It really is, isn't it? So you can do it your way, man. Yeah. You know? Yep. Oh, 
You're the best. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for such a nice chat. Oh, mate. I'm excited to try this coffee too. Enjoy. I will. All right. Big love, beauty. Thanks, babe. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love. Mm-hmm.